would you like to synopsize tough funny comedian the movie for us using only information that you've gathered secondhand and having not seen the movie well like every other mr bean film it seems to just be about like a bizarre journey that didn't need to happen with a man that doesn't talk because it's like the first movie he goes from london to he goes from london to la and works in a gallery and gets like basically like adopted by a man and then in france he goes he's like goes on holiday and then like travels with willem dafoe and then in this movie now okay there's like a talent show and it's chinese and it's like on the the big chinese channel and there's a there's a judge who's ambiguously gay who who takes bean on a trip and it there's like there's like underlying sexual tension but like maybe not to chinese audiences who wouldn't be used to like depictions of gay relationships so like maybe it's just like maybe it's just a joke that you guys have made about sexual tension or i've also dreamt it or maybe because i once walked past you guys watching it in the dead of night while i had to pee and i saw somebody on the screen that looked gay and you said he was a judge and i've just invented the sexual tension entirely but essentially so there's a talent show and at the start and i don't know what that has to do with bean but then they go on a journey across china to like deliver a message but it's like and they other than that i don't really know wait hold on don't they run across some roofs in a little town with some samurais that is a snickers advert okay yeah that's also japan (laughs) okay Uh, well that doesn't happen but they definitely go on they get definitely there's definitely some china-based travel um and like uh, I don't know, there's probably some fighting. They're maybe on the lamb from some sort. Maybe they, maybe he made someone angry. On the lamb. Yeah, on the run, like from the. Oh. Other than that, this is the one I know the least about. Um, it's the one that seems arguably the stupidest of all. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Uh, I just like to say, I can totally understand why you hate these movies if this is what you understand of them. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Zoe. Salad Beam Free R2, welcome and hello. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about uh, the two Mr. Bean movies and also the third Mr. Bean movie. Uh, <laughs> if you're wondering why I said the intro backwards, it's because I'm the backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man. I can walk back as fast you can. I can walk back as fast you can. Everyone, I'm the backwards man, the backwards man, backwards man, the backwards man, I'm the backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man. I can walk back as fast you can. I can walk back as fast you can. Backwards. Um, uh, so, <laughs> what did you guys think of Top Funny Comedian this week? Oh, t- um, take a big guess. Take a big guess. Top Funny is a 2005 movie made by uh, Tom Green. He was given uh, $70. <laughs> it's the film he made after 2001's Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> yeah, he made this in 2005. He was given $70 in Rowan Atkinson. So, uh, so he decided to blow it all on a flight to China. I, I do, do have you, some do notes. Uh, you have notes on of. Top Funny. Uh, I have four notes. My first note is fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who that's directed at. I think it's just the universe in general because yeah. uh, I I recently have my first day of college. I'm currently going to college two days a week uh, and 
Uh, the day in between those two days, which I'm thinking of as my day off, is also uh, the day that we watch whatever film it is that week. And for God. my first week, it was Top Funny Comedian. So I was like, great, a day off. I have to go to fucking work. Uh, and so <laughs> I was, I was, I just, I got home from college the previous day and instantly just slept for 15 hours and woke up next morning. And I was like, ah, I, I've got, I, I want to get it out of the way. But I also really don't want this to be how I start my day. Oh, so it's how no. I started my day. Uh, and oh, so, yeah, my first no. note, as I was tired, as I was just annoyed that this is how I had to spend an hour and a half of my day off, was just, fuck you. Uh, then immediately followed by, your is all I'm living for your. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, during the this is it scene, I wrote this is sure it. Uh, <laughs> and then that's actually that's really clever. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's also the name of my upcoming parody of Stephen King's It. Uh, and my my final note is uh, I I you know I figured for some of the documents that they have at some point I I got curious enough and bored enough that I pulled out my Google Translate app and was just like I'll just translate what this is and I can tell you now I know why they go to the the cooking school. Uh, it's oh. because they find they find a receipt for the cooking school uh, in the locker thing, and that's that's it. I mean, clearly that I I I mean I'm not I I'm not sure I took in that it was a cooking school before, <laughs> even though I'm sure we've mentioned it because yeah. it, it, it shows up on a little banner. But it just occurred to me that's obviously how they teach chefs to to use the disemboweler. Uh, of course. And that's, that's or it's where I they're notes. put when they do wrong. Your industry standard disemboweler. Um, I have yeah, it's it's for punishment. <laughs> it's when they don't hand in their homework, you know. I <laughs> I have a single. But enough note. about uh, typical Chinese government uh, interrogation techniques. What's your uh, what, what are your notes? I have uh, one note. It's not even really a note. I just thought I'd share with you guys how I watched the movie this week. Um, so upside down. <laughs> you watched Not it on your birthday hey jack do you uh, ever skip leg day i i don't ever skip leg day but and just I did, in case you were ever going to you've now got a reminder uh, a wearable reminder basically yesterday was my birthday and i decided i'm not watching tough funny comedian on my fucking birthday because <laughs> like fuck that i'm not a lunatic um, so I decided to watch Freddy Got Fingered instead. <laughs> I watched Freddy Got Fingered on my birthday, but uh, today I watched to uh, Top Funny Comedian, and uh, I watched it in such a way that, um, look, basically I still didn't want to watch it when I woke up this morning, and I was like, I'm sure there's something on my on my watch list that I that's about the same length that I'd enjoy watching, <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> what I did was. I opened up um, Netflix and I found uh, The Cat Returns. Lovely. And oh, yeah. I opened up uh, <laughs> Top Funny... C I opened Top Funny... Com I opened up Top Funny Comedian in a separate tab and just made it really, really small. So I've just sent a picture into the group chat and you could see the cat returns is uh, very much the big screen and top funny comedian is the little <laughs> tiny screen in the corner so i watched oh, two no, movies that's at how once. you do it it was great i had a lovely was time was one of them I muted do. or uh yeah no top funny full volume <laughs> uh, cat did returns you enjoy cat returns fantastic it was really lovely 
Yeah. I have yeah, uh, some sad news to give nice, to you. And one of them goes to sleep in a giant weed gummy. Exactly. I want to go to uh, sleep in a giant weed gummy. I have some sad news to tell you about uh, the cat returns. It's a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, only which kinda. I've, I've seen, which I found seen out the original after as well. It's it's more of a spin-off. Yeah. I I saw the original as well. The Cat Returns is a lot nicer. I'd say watching Whisper of the Heart first because I watched Whisper of the Heart last week and adored it. Um, mm-hmm. but I can imagine Cat Returns is nicer watching it second. But the Cat Returns still is lovely. Hell yeah! I must go back and watch uh, watch the other one. Um, Robin, how how do you find Top Funny Comedian? Oh God, are we still oh. talking about Top Funny Comedian? Yeah, I was hoping we'd just forget about it. Uh, <laughs> I, feel, I think we're contractually obliged to at least all state our opinions on it this week. So, Robin, what did you think of it? I watched the opening scene. And the rest of it. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are contractually obliged to. <laughs> I got to... Okay. <laughs> Just say you hated it so we can move on. It, it, was, it wasn't nice. My letterbox review perfectly surprises how I how my feelings. Yeah, I liked your review. <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of ways to describe how I hate this film with my letterbox reviews. If you remember last rotation, I just left a blank space where my review would usually go. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor. Dear Onto God. Freddy got fingered. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I I introduced you both to this film, is that right? Uh, well, I knew I've known about this film since long before I met either of you. Uh, but I, I but I, you watched I, it because of me. I think I watched it because you brought it up. I yeah I originally watched it with Butch after you had first watched it, but yeah, I'd you seen I watched it my second watch. Yeah, I'd seen clips of it uh, over the years just from like fucking top 10 worst movie lists or top 10 movies that ended careers lists and shit like that uh (laughs) so i was very much aware of this baffling movie this really strange movie (laughs) i think Uh, we can all agree much in the vein of the gentleman in the maximum overdrive commentary that said maximum overdrive is the plan nine from outer space of films this is the bundle of two of films (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i can i can vibe with that i can see where you're coming from it I is for just... starters they both have gary newman in them uh they do yeah making a cameo appearance <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's the cheese sandwich guy. we're we're getting too far into it without like explaining the fucking movie like i'm like um, i don't I... think that's uh, listen i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that more so than Bundle of Two, it is impossible to describe the plot of this movie to someone that hasn't seen it. Yeah, I'd say a brief. I can try. Like a yeah. Do you, do you want to try, Robin? Yeah. Well, firstly, I uh, watched this movie mostly when I was in secondary school. Um, I got near. I think near enough the end. Um, but I started skipping around loads because I was just so frustrated at it. Um, and then it kind of lingered in my mind for a long time. So like every now and again, I just watch random scenes from it and not laugh, but just watch them um, (laughs) (laughs) for a long time. So I eventually ended up seeing the whole movie just randomly out of order in like different ways on YouTube. Yeah. um, At different times. Uh, So this is my first time actually watching it the entire way through. 
Um, so from what I gather, uh, Tom Green plays himself. It's autobiographical. Um, he wants to make cartoons and he doesn't like his dad. Um, and shenanigans ensue. Uh, I mean, that's technically a plot that you could I mean, he goes to Hollywood. Like, he goes to Hollywood for, like, five minutes and then comes home, um, which... Oh, we can get into I mean, that. I've watched through the yeah. deleted scenes. Originally, he went to Hollywood for about 45 minutes. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. He goes to Hollywood trying to sell his cartoon, doesn't work, and then he moves home. His dad's trying to get him, find, like make him get a job. Um, the title is pretty funny, considering it's a very minor plot point that happens, like, two-thirds the way through. Yeah, the main character. <laughs> you go into this film and you're like, so is the main character going to be Freddy? Nope, yeah. Freddy is a very minor side character. I do think, like, uh, um, basically this... Uh, time watching the film i had a bit of a light bulb moment uh around the time of the big you know the namesake of the film freddy got fingered in which tom green's character gord uh falsely accuses his dad of um well abusing presumably falsely we 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 technically don't know one way or another but i'm gonna assume falsely uh, any synopsis I've read of the film, it's it is it it says that it's a false accusation. So yeah, we'll go I did, off that. I did. I should point out for the purposes of this podcast, I watched the film yesterday, uh, just as is, and I watched it again today with Tom Green's commentary, and watched through all the other DVD bonus features. And Tom Green on the commentary does say, "For anyone who's left in the dark, it isn't true." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I just I had this weird light bulb moment at that scene where they're in the the family therapist's op- office uh, talking about that, and I'll get into it later. But basically, from that point onwards, I could not stop putting shit together. I was like, "Oh fuck!" I think this movie might actually be really good because the first time I watched it with Butch. I gave it one star because I was like, I did laugh loads and loads and loads, but it's just so abhorrent that I cannot rate it any like higher than one star. <laughs> then a few months ago, I was like re redoing my whole rating system on Letterboxes, and I was just like thinking about Freddy Got Fingered, and I came round to it. I was like, oh, fuck it, f- four stars. <laughs> and then yesterday, I watched it again, and I was like, yeah, still four stars. Like, there's still a few bits that just make me ick and then just at some point today it just got to a point where i was still thinking about the movie and still putting bits and pieces together and i don't even really have my notes organized i really should have organized them because there's a a lot of stuff to get through in terms of what i kept putting together and i was just like (laughs) nah fuck this is five stars like because i'm pretty sure that this was like purposeful like there's a lot of really purposeful like quite poignant shit in this really terrible movie <laughs> and that like <laughs> basically long story short one one of my major points is i think this film was a cry for help <laughs> all right well i should probably get very quickly through my findings on the dvd bonus features name well hold on the... before you do that okay before you do that i just i think some context on who tom greed is and what the movie is, uh, that's, that's, I think is important. that's a good start i recommend for anyone who's interested i mean for the record i also gave this film five stars i'll get into my reasoning later uh but uh tom green is uh 
is a person, and he made Freddy got fingered. Uh, that's all you need to know. Uh, uh, so he, uh, well, for starters, I recommend <laughs> anyone listening to this go watch Red Letter Media's uh, video on this film. I think that's a very interesting start. I watched it probably about two or three times before I ever watched the film, and it gave me absolutely no idea of what the plot was. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it's it's a good start to the critical analysis of this thing. Uh, but Tom Green is a Canadian gentleman. He had uh, a show that I think started out on public access and eventually moved to MTV or something, which was basically like a sort of like an Eric Andre type thing, where it was kind of like a reality prankish show. Uh, and uh, then he was in Road Trip, which was later followed by Euro Trip and Road uh, Trip Beer Pong, neither uh, of which he was in. Uh, the first Road <laughs> Trip was okay for what it was and he was certainly the highlight of it uh, he, he basically plays the same character as he plays in Freddy Got Fingered he's, a major <laughs> plot point of his character is that he's left to look after a pet snake and he's really looking forward to feeding mice to it uh <laughs> uh, but, uh, he was very big in that and then 20th Century Fox just said hey have a 15 million dollar budget and make a fucking movie and he was married to Drew Barrymore at the time. He was he had a cameo in the Charlie's Angels film. I mean, he was he was going places. And then he made what was at the time widely considered one of, if not the worst film ever made. Uh, and over the years, it's received a minor reevaluation. Some people think that it's you know, for better or for worse, just funny as a ridiculous film. And some people think that there's, you know, some some deeper stuff to it. Some people think that it's actually uh, a commentary on the state of, like, gross-out comedy films at the time. And there are some people who think that it was literally him just throwing away the studio's money as, like, a, basically a prank on the studio. Which, that's my favorite uh, analysis. Whether or not that's true, I I don't know. I don't know how smart Tom Green actually is. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, it definitely is. I mean, uh, we'll go into it later. But there's literally an analogy about the making of this movie in the movie itself. Yeah, oh, yeah. and it involves pretty much that. Yeah, um, but, but I, I I just I, love I, how ridiculous the '90s were uh, and early 2000s. Well, I guess late '90s. Um, on just how many freaky weirdo things got like onto massive like like weirdo bands got onto massive record labels like Mr. Bungle and Ween or uh, <laughs> absolute freaks just got to make movies like I mean fucking Jackass got like a movie around this time which literally just involved them hurting themselves Jackass or, like, have like Tom five Green. movies dude <laughs> it, I'm, I'm talking about the late 90s well still early 2000s how um, Jackass got as big as it did is honestly beyond me. It's it was definitely of its time, and they're still trying to hang on for some reason. Uh, I think but like basically, I think in the nineties and dear, um, oh god. <laughs> well, basically in the nineties and <laughs> remember that a bad bunch grandpa of... character they invented. Well, now Stop. they really are grandpas. Uh... <laughs> anyway yeah just wanted to kind of point out how we uh the context around the 90s of, and early 2000s of just mm. a bunch of really freaky weirdo things just being thrown money of very to be much, wasted i'll very much be uh circling <laughs> yeah, back around to that so. later on 
very much some big wigs in sitting in in who had never heard of Tom Green. They're like, listen here, my kid likes you a lot. I ain't never <laughs> heard of you, but I'm gonna write you a check. I want a movie. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Um But uh yeah, do you wanna go through the bonus features? Uh yeah, well uh there's there's a thirty minute long MTV documentary, uh which, uh, listen, I don't know how much of what Tom Green says in any of these bonus features should be taken seriously and how much is him being facetious. Uh, but he says the original rough cut of the film was seven hours long. Uh, <laughs> which is, it's, it's not impossible. Uh, there's, he says I mean, the movie is five hours, so it's not that much of a stretch. <laughs> he's... He says there's a lot of deleted scenes, and there are a few deleted scenes on the DVD, but uh, there's even, like, little snippets of deleted scenes in the the behind-the-scenes special that aren't included in the special features on their own, (laughs) so there's clearly a lot of stuff that didn't even make it onto the DVD. Mm. Uh, So you have to remember what we did get is the absolute gold cream of the crop. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's not like it's not like this is all that was shot. Like there is hours, definitely hours worth of stuff we're not seeing. So this was definitely the gold. This was the the diamonds in the rough. We got the absolute best. Some of the special features, some of the deleted scenes there are pretty funny. I'll I'll be honest. There's there's one where uh, after he gets the helicopter at the end. for, for those of you listening in, he gets a helicopter at the end. Uh, he, but before he kidnaps his dad and takes him and the house to Pakistan, by the way, for those listening, he kidnaps his dad and takes the house to Pakistan. Uh, but uh, it, there's a bit where he, uh, in the deleted scenes, where he picks up his dad's boat and in front of him drops it into a giant wood chipper. Uh, and then his dad... His dad calls the police and they say, so do you want us to give him a talkie to? And he says, he destroyed my boat. I want you to shoot to kill. (laughs) Incidentally, in one of the deleted scenes, and the deleted scenes has the option to play them with or without commentary. And one of them, when you click on the individual deleted scene, it just says, if you choose to play this with commentary, it will show you a clip from some American talk show where Tom Green presents the host with a dead raccoon. Oh my God. <laughs> and it has, as far as I could tell, nothing to do with Freddy Got Fingered whatsoever. Uh, but it's just on the he DVD He just really wanted to reason. put that on the DVD. <laughs> yeah, it's just on there for some reason. As is him suckling a cow's udder. And you know, it's, it's, there's a scene on there which just suspiciously has, like, no music and, like, no ADR work. I'm watching it on its own. It's really odd. And But I realized partway through it's clearly uh, a reference to the opening scene from Apocalypse Now with Martin Sheen in his hotel room. And you watch it with the commentary. You watch it with the that's commentary right. and he says, yeah, that's true, but we couldn't get the rights to The End by the Doors. So you have to watch this with your own copy of The End by the Doors. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very funny if you do that. Fuck me. <laughs> Shall I say, uh, Rip Torn plays the uh, the father we keep bringing up. Um, oh yeah, Rip Torn. Plays him quite marvelously. Great guy. Uh, Marvelous actor. Love that time that he broke into a, a bank because he thought it was his house. Uh, 
He's dead, isn't he? No, he, he he's died. still alive. No, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. Is he? He died, of Al- he died of Alzheimer's last year. Oh, yeah, shit. I remember them dying. I didn't know that. Yeah, I so like to can't... think he plays the same character here as he does in Dodgeball. And Men in Black. <laughs> yeah. He's just Patches O'Houlihan. Like, uh, that's his yeah, name yeah. in Dodgeball, isn't it? <laughs> Patches O'Houlihan. <laughs> Did you know that you yeah. see Tom Green's intestines at one point in this movie? Yes, and that's a big part of one of my theories. Yeah, it's when he's with he's it's when he's with Betty and uh, he lies and says some his umbilical cord. It's actually his intestine <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> no, it's the it's dur- it's during the scene where they they come to take Freddy away to the Institute for Sexually Molested Children. Uh, Freddy's watching uh, uh, like a surgery video on the television. And that surgery with Tom Green <laughs> yeah. getting his lymph nodes removed. Yeah, oh no! It's, um, I, I thought that was very funny that Freddy is. Yeah, oh my god, we're all of, talking. Uh, the Tom Green cancer special when he it's actually meant to be a really good documentary and it's just him being like yep I've got cancer uh check your balls for lumps like it's it's really serious as meant to be like quite frank and like very good oh (laughs) and they show his surgery in the in the documentary he's actually done uh or at least he did in the like mid-2000s did a lot of charity work for like testicular cancer charities uh, no weirdly enough, I'd like to think he was going to put all the profits from this movie to a testicular cancer like research thing, but the movie made no money, so he just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, but like I, the commentary track, I'm not sure if it's him putting on an act or if this is just how he talks. But he's he's constantly talking, and he sounds exactly. He talks the way exactly the same as his character in the film does. Like he's constantly <laughs> stammering. He's constantly like he's not thinking it through. Uh, he's constantly looking behind him to ask people, am I allowed to say that on the DVD? Uh, <laughs> and there's one point where he drinks his coffee and he makes a big thing about, okay, so I just swallowed a coffee stirrer and I nearly choked to death live on this DVD. Uh, Jesus Christ. And <laughs> by the end of it, he's just screaming about all the critics in the reviews. They called me ugly. They said that my goatee, I only had it to cover up my ugliness. And I don't think I'm that ugly. Do, do you, I mean, I, I'm not, I've never heard anyone walk by me and go like, look at that. Like, you know, uh, they, they, nobody came to see my movie and probably no one's going to listen to me on this DVD. And just like, Tom, We're listening, Tom. are you okay? <laughs> um, I, which he I believe de- gets us onto your cry for help theory. Oh god, like I will go into that, but I just want to say I do think he is at least at times very much just that type of guy. Uh there's a story about this was nominated for eight Razzie Awards, which Oscars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for anyone not in the know Clean the... sweep at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone not in the know, the Razzies are um, basically an award ceremony for bad movies. Uh, Anti-Oscars, annual... basically. <laughs> yeah, anti-Oscars, essentially. And uh, the this film was nominated for eight of... Eight Razzies, they're called. And uh, it got five of those eight. Uh, Tom Green attended the ceremony, uh, brought his own red carpet, and <laughs> upon uh, receiving his, his uh, final... Razzie of the night uh began playing harmonica 
uh, and just kept playing harmonica and just kept playing harmonica on stage until he was physically removed by security, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I think is really funny. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if he is genuinely just an annoying idiot or if he is this Andy Kaufman-esque genius. Like, it's, it's so hard are to they tell. going to make? Are they going to make a Man on the Moon style film after he dies? Like. It's really hard to tell because, I mean, sometimes I just I read details from his, his actual personal life. I'm like, God, maybe you are just like this. Like, the fact that him and Drew Barrymore were married for six weeks. Uh, like, they were dating <laughs> Wait, is that eight. six weeks? Oh, uh, okay. I was just thinking, like, was that six weeks just happened to be during the filming of Pretty Got Finger and that's why she was there? <laughs> they were dating for quite a long time, but they were only married for six weeks. Uh, I also, I'd just like to add, I have, like, a fuckload of notes I'm definitely not going to get through because there's just too many. I'm just going to focus on my three main theories. But, uh, no, go through them if you want. Oh, no, like, there's lit, like it's, uh, it's obscene. I might post screenshots of them, but it is obscene. But one note that I do have <laughs> is I love how low-key unhinged Drew Barrymore is because, like, I've been watching some of her uh, <laughs> YouTube channel recently, and she is so sweet. Like, she's so lovely. She has a YouTube channel? She has a YouTube channel. Oh, nice. No way. But, What's your favorite Drew Barrymore role? Mine is her in E.T. Uh... That's a, that's a good question. Uh, she's she's very unhinged and pretty got fingered. I should yeah. also point out, I'm not sure how much bearing this has on anything, but it was Tom Green that filed for the divorce. Uh, oh, really? Fuck. Yeah, he they got married in I think July of 2001. He filed for divorce in December. Uh, Shit. She didn't like the jewels. <laughs> she didn't like the jewels. Jules. Actually, no, I really like her in Donnie Darko. She's very good in that. She is excellent in Donnie Darko. And she's very Who funny in Who is she in, in Donnie Darko? Oh, she is Donnie She's a teacher. She's yeah. also good in Scream as the woman that famously survives all the way to the end of the first scene. Uh, very famously. She's also great in Scream 2 and 3. <laughs> and 4. And soon to be 5. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's great in Wayne's World 2 as Björgen Gjørgen. <laughs> god, I haven't seen that fucking so fucking yeah, long. God. That's Guys, a- it's got Danny from Withnell and I playing basically the same the character. Same ca- yeah. Fuck me. That's a- I haven't seen that film in, in years, but getting slightly anyway, off topic yeah. here. Uh, Freddy got fingered, way off topic. So uh on to the horses. Uh Oh yeah, the horse. The horse comes into one of my theories. <laughs> of course it fucking does. <laughs> but, I mean, it kind of comes into... I mean, obviously a big film... A big film? A big theme of this film is uh, parent-child relationships. I'm sure you can both agree. Uh, of course. And there is... Um, the, I guess the, so. The, uh, the deleted scenes include a scene after the horse scene where Tom Green rushes over to suckle on a cow's udder, which I believe is featured in the end credits. Yeah, uh, it is. And... Immediately after that, he's chased off by two farmers wielding guns, and then they one of them just goes, the kids these days, and then the other one very solemnly just goes, you can't blame the kids, it's the parents. And then the scene <laughs> stands. <laughs> like, oh Are God. you trying to say something here, Tom? <laughs> also, t- he's 28 in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years younger than 38, just saying. <laughs> um, 
I still, I st- somehow still feel we haven't given enough context on this film. How much is more can you just, give? Like, yeah. I don't Here's know, I what I'm going to say. Watch Red Letter Media's of... review if you don't want to watch the film. But I, I do, I, I think I do recommend this film if you want to go I watch recommend it. watching, I, no, I, I don't know if I, re- I recommend scenes from the movie. I don't know if they actually, if anything actually grows from gluing them together (laughs) i have willingly watched it more than once and every time i mean in fairness i I have laughed so much there are i mean i think that the film possibly when you look at it from this sort of meta humor angle i think it has possibly quite a lot to offer but i think that just as like essentially a ridiculous sketch comedy uh you know aimed kind of at the the sort of random humor that has kind of aged perfectly for you know for gen zers such as myself uh you know we 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 we, we kids dig this shit uh, i think it works <laughs> um... quite well as that i think a lot of it is genuinely off the wall and ridiculous enough especially considering even just thinking about us they put this in a studio film i think is hilarious quite a lot of the time and you know what even at its worst, even when I'm actively offended by some of this film's content, it is never, ever boring. Which is the no, cardinal sin, even for like a bad movie, is a yeah, the worst thing a bad movie can be is boring. <laughs> As Sam Raimi said, there. if your film is boring, you've committed a crime. Exactly, and Freddy Got Fingered, even at its worst... You're constantly glued to the screen, even if it's just in a, you know, morbid curiosity. What are they gonna do next? Kind of way. Like five minutes in, he for a horse, and you're just like, how are they gonna top that? And then suddenly he's at a cheese sandwich factory with a bit of salami <laughs> on his cock, going ding dong, and then he's flinging a baby around his head by its umbilical cord and getting tossed out I... of a hospital and he's caning cripples consensually and then he's you know it just it's a fancy do... restaurant a fancy restaurant <laughs> i do think though and i think this is why i didn't finish it as a kid um i kind of got the same inclination about like two-thirds of the way through this time to not finish it even though obviously i did and i was going to all along but I think at some point it loses, not that it tops itself so much, but I think at some point it just delves into, like, nothing you see is going to be any more ridiculous, you know? I think at some point it does just delve into, I'm yelling and making silly noises with object. Um, and they that's go to pretty Pakistan much it. And his yeah, but even, even that Shaq. is just like... Yeah, like, again, there's there's little bits. I think, for me, I think the movie shines in the first, like, a little bit. And then the end, there's a lot of funny lines and a lot of funny little tidbits. But for maybe me, I think I'm it, it loses steam fast. I think the movie shines most on maybe, like, your first and second viewing. Because I didn't laugh as much uh, these two times. Although I'm still fascinated by this movie. But definitely, I will say though, in in my amount of times I've watched random scenes, I probably have seen this movie about sixteen times now. This yeah, and <laughs> so I feel like if you had you just went. if you if this was your first time seeing anything from it, I think you would have a very different opinion of it. But I think you've probably been more desensitized to it than than either me or Jack. 
Mm. Probably. I've been watching clips from this movie since like fucking age sixteen. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I haven't I hadn't seen more than like ten seconds of this movie until this year. Uh, I'd only just heard of it as that weird, terrible movie about an animator, which is, a, I mean, isn't even that great a description of it. Uh, but also, is he even an animator? He draws a couple stills of things. It's my hoops! And that's it. It's my <laughs> I mean, he gets a cartoon made, you know? It's Well, no, he sells a drawing. Listen, I think hey. the it's only one drawing. this movie has had on society as a whole, and I'm not saying that as an insult to the film, because I quite like this film, but I think that the most lasting cultural impact is that this film is responsible for that gif where Lindsay Ellis gets sausages thrown in her face. <laughs> Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, <laughs> Daddy would you like some sausages? <laughs> yeah. um, it says in the commentary, that was based on a character I did for my old TV show in Canada uh, called Meathead, where I would strap some stakes to my head and then go out and interview people and just not address the stakes on my head. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, Jack, will we get into your insane amount of notes? Yeah, okay, here we go. Okay, look, there were one... I said earlier that I had a light bulb moment, but I'm thinking now I probably had two separate light bulb moments. And the first one was a line that I hadn't picked up on the first time that uh, Butch and I watched this movie, but did notice this time. It's literally the first, I'm going to say, five minutes into the film. That's when uh, Gord, Tom Green's character, is saying goodbye to his parents. Hey, his name's Gord, by the way. His name's Gord. Um, and his, you know, he's talking about how he's nervous to move away and his mom's trying to reassure him. And there's a line where uh, he... Gord says to his mum, uh, I'm going to be like Charles Schultz. And his mum responds, yeah, you're going to be fine. To which Gord responds, no, I'm going to be like Charles Schultz. And I hadn't played, I hadn't paid attention to that before. And I literally, I re rewound the film. I was like, wait, what? What did he say? I'm going to be like Charles Schultz. So I, I was like, fuck, okay, I'll look that up when the movie's done. Charles Schultz, I, famously uh, uh, creator of the Peanuts. Exactly. Now, Charles Schultz uh, died in the year 2000. February uh, 12th. Charles Schultz died of cancer. The year before Freddy Got Fingered was released, Tom Green no way. was battling with cancer. And I was like, hold on a second. Fuck. Hold on a second. And so throughout the movie, I was just looking out for little, like, nods towards, like, to just about cancer and stuff. And one of those nods is the fact that Tom Green's, like, footage of his actual, of his lymphodes being uh, removed is in the film, in the scene where Freddy gets taken away by uh, Child Protective Services. Uh, now, hold on. Just just as a tidbit there, I do, I find it really funny that Freddy is just completely engrossed in the surgery. Like, he literally can't yeah. look away. It takes him forever <laughs> to answer the door, and he keeps kind of looking back over his shoulders if he's, like, really excited to yeah. see it's really... Um, <laughs> That's a, that was one of the bits that, um, that really got me. Yeah, I have a f- few things here on the whole uh, the cancer thing. I'm just trawling through my notes here. One is... Uh, the name of the animation company it it's not a real animation company but it's radioactive animation, radioactive animation. and obviously yeah. like fucking uh, radioactive materials have all sorts of links to cancer they can cause it there's radiotherapy 
all that sort of stuff. And sorry, I really am just scanning through them here for a few other ones. There's the whole thing of when Gord first meets Betty and he gets freaked out by the fact that she's in a wheelchair. And I thought, fuck, is that like Tom Green being afraid of like sickness and like being ill? Like, I feel like parts of this movie are are Tom Green genuinely trying to just grapple with his own mortality. <laughs> just through stuff like that. There is a line about cancer, isn't there? I'm sure there's a line about cancer as well. But Yeah, um, the animator's wife died from cancer, didn't she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, yeah, the uh, wife of the CEO of and Radioactive. And he's talking anime. to Drew Barrymore in that scene. And he's uh, he tries to sort of flirt with her. Uh, in a, a mm-hmm. over shared grief of this woman whose death he just makes up, uh, <laughs> and then so she rejects funny. him and calls him a skinny loser. I think that that's possibly Tom Green uh, expressing concerns about his marriage and what his wife thinks of him, but also perhaps thinking, "What if I die of cancer and someone tries to steal my wife?" <laughs> or what if he gets really, really skinny from the chemo and people start calling him skinny loser? Yeah, what if his that wife too. thinks he's a skinny loser? Um, so that was one of my kind of one of my three theories. I think that this film could be Tom Green genuinely like confronting slash grappling with his mortality slash cancer. I mean, uh, when he mentions the cancer <laughs> in the film, it, like it's it's during the lymph node scene. And he's like, "Yeah, it's from my cancer special," and he kind of gets uh, he's he doesn't really finish his thought on it. He's just kind of like, "I find I, I know I just find it really difficult to talk about it." it like you, you, I talk about all this other stuff, but I find it really difficult to talk about the cancer. So onto the fingering. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I do have notes on the fingering and how that plays into a different thing. But first of all, I'm going to say I think uh, that's a title I, right there. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I do have thoughts on the fingering. <laughs> um, obviously, we uh, have touched on the fact that in the late nineties, early two thousands, money was being thrown just left, right, and center at like the most bizarre, you know, media projects. We'll say like in terms of movies and like gross out comedies for, for Scooby Doo, <laughs> Scooby Doo. <laughs> we gotta bring it up. Uh, just you know. A lot of weird shit getting a lot of funding and just throughout the movie i feel like there's loads of really strange allusions to maybe the absurdity of like late stage capitalism i think one really really bizarre one that i hadn't really thought of before uh, is the character of freddy and the fact that he you know works in a bank Yet he can't afford breakfast. It's like he's fucking... He's pl- <laughs> he's played the game of capitalism and yet he still has to stop off at his parents' house to eat breakfast. And, like, uh, Gord even makes a comment on, yeah, you've got a real job and yet you can't fucking afford breakfast. At which point, fucking Freddy storms out. Uh, and even also the- point out how Freddy lives, like, literally across the street from his parents' house? <laughs> like it's it's the illusion he? that he's going up in the world like yeah i'm an adult now i've moved out of my parents basement to across the street exactly across the street yeah i think yeah exactly but like when, that's where do you see his house uh doesn't gord say that he lives in some like shithole apartment well when we see him in his in his house it's when he gets taken away his dad immediately runs out of their house and is saying i'll get you a lawyer Oh, I thought he was in 
he was in the parents' house because he's just always in the parents' house. I thought he was just in their house watching their TV. No, no, he moves yeah. out. He's, oh, he's, okay, cool. But um, again, there's the whole, you know, obviously what like I have a, a note here that I'll just read verbatim. Uh, this movie is a fantastic story of the pressures of neo-capitalist ideas put on us to find a so-called quote-unquote real job. Freddie has a real job, and yet his life is still incomplete. He could barely afford to feed himself. One of the main tensions of the film is the push and pull between Gord and his dad in regards to getting a real job. And I think another thing that kind of alludes to this, like just the absurdity of a like a hyper capitalist world, world, is the fact that Gord's dad isn't willing to support him until he accidentally uh, he's kind of tricked into believing that Gord has a well-paying computer business job. At which point he wait, gets, hey, not even well paying, just the fact that he has a job. A job, the fact that he um, has. Excuse a, me, that's little Timmy. Uh, that's he little gets Timmy. food and things. <laughs> but you know, like Gore, Gore tells him that he's got a job in the computer business, and straight straight off the bat, his dad throws him a hundred dollars. I was like, oh, that's kind of like a little, you know, the whole idea of undercapitalism. Uh, the rich keep getting richer, and the poor stay poor. So it's like. You know, as soon as he has a job, his dad's like, "Yeah, of course I'll throw you money." On this is a little side note, I think it's really weird, or at least interesting, that um, obviously Gord wants to be an animator and is kind of living like sponging off his parents, but his dad works at a, I can't remember the exact name of it, but he works at a paper mill. The logo for it is on the side of his van, uh, and so his dad isn't just supporting him in terms of his home he literally makes the material that gord uses to make his drawings Ah, that's actually a really (laughs) cool little detail yeah um so yeah there's loads of or 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 it's a play on his name because uh you know you paper you can rip it and it's torn Oh, oh shit. my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, even that little uh, Gord's dad makes a comment, which is called back to later in the fucking Pakistan scene. Yeah, the fact that he, but he basically talks about like uh, children working in sweatshops again. Another fucking symptom of hypercapitalism. Someone has to suffer for products to be cheap. Someone has to be exploited. Uh, yeah, I love that in this case someone had to suffer for this product to be cheap because you can get this this DVD on Amazon for like I think I got this for a cent plus shipping. Uh, oh God! And <laughs> I love that in this case it was the studio that was exploited to make this product cheap. <laughs> like this film is anti-capitalist in the sense that it took a bunch of the man's money and just threw it away on jewels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That was another thing that um, I forgot to bring up with the cancer thing. Uh, the fact that Gord presents Betty with uh, jewels towards the end of the film. Jewels. 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 Jewels obviously being <laughs> slang for balls in, like, you know, like, family jewels. See, I assumed you were going to go down the route of, like, crystal therapy, man. <laughs> no, no. I, I, meant, I meant, like, he's literally, like, here are my balls. No, he's, he's a bag of my balls. <laughs> Um, and the last <laughs> kind of big theory that I had while watching the film, and it kind of, yeah, this was the, the light bulb moment that kind of got me spiraling into overthinking shit. 
But the first time you and I watched this, Butch, you pointed yes. out in the uh, family therapist office, there's a bust of Sigmund Freud. And it's just like that that scene in itself on the surface like you could you could fucking put that in ncad at an exhibition just tom green smashing a therapist window with a bust of sigmund freud screaming he's a child molester like i've seen (laughs) shit like that at our exhibitions i'm sure i'm sure of it but um i just got like i just got thinking about it i was like i'm sure like fucking uh, small disclaimer i think sigmund freud was full of bullshit i think not a lot of his i i don't think that's very controversial yeah Um, like it's not very it's not very controversial but i just want to make it clear that i don't think and like a whole lot of his look did a a great did a great deal for forwarding the uh field of like you know psychiatry and psychology and all that bollocks so you know overall did a lot of great stuff he was also on enough cocaine uh, as robin williams once said to kill a small horse and uh, was kind of a fucking maniac uh he was a total maniac and most of his theories are now heavily scrutinized oh yeah ever been like completely written off or expanded upon so much to the point that they hardly resemble his original theories anymore yeah Uh, but anyway continue Anyways, I just decided, I was like, look, fuck, I'm going to look up Sigmund Freud and fucking maybe family. I can't remember exactly what I looked up, but I was like, Sigmund Freud, family, yada, 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 yada. This, I was like, I'm loved sure. his mother. Uh, Famous. <laughs> very, very good. Um, and uh, you say it was a bust of Sigmund Freud. Well, I'm sure he would have a thing or two to say about busts, if you know what I mean. <laughs> As in head and shoulders. Like, what did you think I meant? Um, but I just I took a note during this scene, and it was just um, I like to think the psychiatrist scene was filmed improv before the rest of the film was written, because it mentions so many small plot points, uh, such as chicken burgers, uh, the half pipe, sausages, and Freddie being fingered. I was like, it, it like it would make sense if this was like the focal point of the film and i actually think it is in terms of one really weird theme uh Hold I also before ha- you get to that can i can i can i interject and say isn't like fast food and like overly like you know greasy unhealthy type foods aren't they linked to cancer you'd be dead right actually fuck hadn't considered yeah that. his dad is actually <laughs> trying to save him <laughs> he doesn't want him to eat a chicken sandwich in his home yeah. <laughs> but um I also have in full caps here in black capitals uh, that fucking Lynchian rumble again. <laughs> Just throughout the movie, there's this weird rumble that comes in on the soundtrack yeah. every so often. It's so menacing, and it literally Just in mentioning the soundtrack really quick, this film has such an unsettling like soundtrack. It constantly <laughs> sounds like this weirdo drama. <laughs> Um, soap opera the, uh, soundtrack. The, the original score is done by uh, one of the Dust Brothers. Uh, I oh, found shit. really? Listening to really? the commentary. <laughs> really? What the fuck? That's insane. Yeah, that's and, uh, genuinely but, amazing. Yeah, their well, careers like, took a nosedive. All I know about the soundtrack the is that the score was done by one of the Dust Brothers. Eminem offered to let them use that song at the, at the end credits. <laughs> uh, Just such a huge Tom Green van. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and and they couldn't get the rights to the doors. That's that's and that's all I know. <laughs> Fuck. 
Um, but anyways, I think, like, I don't know. I just, I just was so baffled by the fact that there's a bust of Sigmund Freud there, and I looked into it, and uh, Freud had this thing called uh, the theory of like the five psychosexual stages of development. I believe is the name of it. And it's basically a way of like dividing the way people develop in their earliest years and how it affects them later in life. And it's divided to five stages, which are oral, anal, phallic, latency, and genital. And I just got thinking about it. I was like, oh my God, I'm pretty sure like the characters in this film represent the different stages in one way or another <laughs> and are kind of like playing out this weird push and pull and even the relationship between gord and his dad kind of play, like relates to it well gord is obviously phallic and uh, his dad is obviously <laughs> anal see i'm not betty's uh, obviously oral see i'm not entirely sure yeah betty is oral for sure i have i have betty down as oral because but gord he's got like the ding dong thing in the cheese he does factory have... and the umbilical cord is kind of phallic looking i don't he know he does but phallic is more so to do with uh within freud's theory uh masturbation and there are some lines that say that that would indicate that he he is phallic but there's also a few that would indicate that he's anal which is earlier in development so uh i don't know in the commentary he uh, he talks about the shower scene and he says that's based on my uh my real uh my real experiences at home uh because uh the shower would be like the only place i can find real privacy so i just go in the shower and uh, lock the door and just masturbate for hours at a time (laughs) fuck's sake he does masturbate too like i mean he masturbates a horse and that is true that's true but i also i can't tell see you just really don't want to put him down as phallic. No, I he see. could be. I do. I do have uh, the horse, the elephant, and also at one point his dad says uh, that, <laughs> that he, elephant. He j- that was actually just in front of a giant mirror. That's the uh, that's the camera they used. <laughs> <laughs> so they just put the elephant in front of a big mirror for that scene. <laughs> I was gonna say there's a line where um, Rip Torn's character says, "Oh, he just stays at home and whacks off all day," but also <laughs> Freddy. Sorry, not Freddy. Um, Gord says at one point, and it's my favorite line in the film. You could stick it up your bum bum. Uh, just... Oh, that's true. That is a very good. And there was a deleted scene at that point where he goes on a whole. He does a whole bum bum song. I think he had a song called the bum bum song in real life. Tom Green, like yeah. a rap song. Um, but as well, Freddy could be anal because there's the whole thing of their dad you know the, the fucking name of the film um by the way i i wrote this in my letterbox review i cried i burst out laughing um i nearly lost a fucking tooth how hard i was laughing uh the very start when you have this like unsettling kind of music and you've tom green skating to a mall it's, it's and then the you've like pistols. a tony hawk is it the sex pistols it is the sex, sure pistols, the sex pistols yeah, yeah. Okay, and then you've a fucking Tony Hawk loading screen at the bottom <laughs> yeah. with Freddy Got Fingered written in all capitals over it. It was yeah, he so, says in the commentary, so he says funny. this is uh, inspired by my uh, younger days back in when I would skate through uh, shopping malls back in my back in my mid twenties. Uh, 
<laughs> it's such a strange opening to the film. It feels very out of place. As Red Letter Media place, point but... out quite correctly in their review, he's, he goes to meet his parents at the bus stop to use the bus ticket that they have bought for him, and then they say, you're not getting on that bus because we've also got you a car. <laughs> for some reason, they do it at the bus station rather than the house that all four of them were presumably just in. It's so fucking <laughs> it's odd. so weird. Um, but as well, anyways, um, I think Gord could also be latency, which is like a lack of sexual desire at certain That's true. He points does turn life. down several times exactly like he's which really is, apprehensive to it which leads to one of my uh lesser um uh one of the things i like less about this movie which is the a lot of uh sexual assault <laughs> which uh yeah. is not fun to watch it's, it's re that that does make me uncomfortable yeah because uh, that happens a few times with betty and then also there's the whole thing of like the screaming crying pregnant woman who's begging him to leave her alone as he you know yeah uh, he's a hero he saved the day <laughs> they don't like the heroes fact. around here apparently <laughs> it is kind of funny him walking out just going i saved the day <laughs> i mean he did he woke up her baby uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think his dad is definitely the genital stage which is like intercourse and stuff because there's that scene. Fuck your daddy. Yeah, fuck me, Gord. Fuck your daddy. Just keep screaming that. I think. Ooh, that was, like, uh, what you saw was out of context. I'm just <laughs> there because he said fuck you. So I said fuck me. Fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck you. Fuck me. <laughs> but I think. I like to think Rip. This is a passion role for Rip Torn. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, basically the fi- like the actual mainly the relationship between Gord and his dad kind of fits this fucking model that like his dad in a similar way that he expects him to have a certain level of professionalism or be at a certain level in his professional life he expects him to be developmentally further down the line where in fact he's probably two or three stages further back than he than his dad figures he is you know there are different stages on this weird developmental ladder uh and yeah, There's easily an MV style thesis to be written about this film. <laughs> Possibly, I wish I'd organized my notes uh, way better. Uh, well, then just craft them into an essay later. I will. Oh, there's another one. Um, uh, when Gord's dad runs into the anim- uh, the CEO of Radioactive Animations office, he s- he shouts. Um, you think it's funny to brainwash my kid so he sits around with his fingers up his ass? Which would indicate Ooh. that Freddy... Sorry, not Freddy. Uh, Gord, Gord is in the anal stage. Maybe, True. Also, maybe we're looking at this all wrong. Maybe it's not the different characters that represent it, but maybe it's Gord progressing through all of them. Oh! Uh, sure. oh, sorry, Yash, cut that out. <laughs> By the very end of it, he's at the genital stage. You know, he's accepted that his girlfriend's gonna give him blowjobs. I don't fucking know. Because he gave her jewels. He did know. give her jewels, and she, as it's been oft quoted, says, I don't care about jewels. I don't care if you're rich. I just want to suck your cock. 
<laughs> I do think the jewels is which is obviously a reference genius. to being ninety seven. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I do think the jewels are kind of genius though that he's just given all this money and he blows it on jewels. One hundred fifty thousand dollars on jewels. Which and he doesn't even has, get that many. He only gets like fucking been, uh, six. Off, as has been oft pointed out, uh, it is very possible to interpret the the fact that he just immediately wastes all his money as a metaphor for Tom Green using the budget of this film. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, he spends the whole movie trying to like get paid for his art um, by a big company. And in real life, I mean, he spent ages, you know, getting paid, trying to get paid for his art. Um, I mean, he was on public access, presumably not earning any money. Mm. Um, and then he gets given a bunch of money and blows it on the most ridiculous things. I mean, the end of the movie could even be seen as him making the movie. Yeah. He's literally paying to make the final scene. <laughs> you know? The, the, <laughs> I, this is, for anyone that's seen the Andy Kaufman film, Man on the Moon, there's a great bit where... Uh, where he's just done this ridiculous joke and like nobody gets it except him and his manager played by Danny DeVito walks into the back room and just goes look at you so proud look dad I got an F that is exactly how I think Tom Green was after this film was released (laughs) but wasn't it funny (laughs) Uh, like it's a joke just for him and I think that's kind of beautiful as long as it's wasting the capitalist pig dog's money. Uh, that's, oh, totally. I mean, Drew Barrymore got paid, and that's all that matters. Hell yeah. Yeah, she got paid for that one shot that has very weird color timing. Yeah, it's so fucking bizarre. But uh, she does have the best, one of the best lines of the film in her fucking skinny loser line, followed by... A <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, sorry, I'm just remembering this film is so like scatterbrained that I just randomly remember a little shot every now and again. I like when <laughs> Gordon and his dad come back from being held hostage in Pakistan uh, with really long hair and big beards, and then it cuts to Freddy in the like home, and he also has me, the really Institute long hair for Sexually Molested Children. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, he also has like really long. He's like also like hasn't showered or shaved or cut his hair in like however long for like no reason. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a, all the other kids around him are fine. That's uh, just reminded me another uh, thing relating to the Freud thing, and then I'm pretty much done because I think that's the the final one that I can definitely definitely remember. Uh, when they're coming off the plane, there are two signs being held up, and one says, uh, oh, yeah. "When will this fucking movie end?" Movie Which end. is hilarious but the other one says you rock my brown hole which (laughs) again Uh, also um the guy i can't believe freddie fucked stifler's mom freddie did fuck stifler's mom you're dead right yeah he fucking did numerous times i've never seen any of the american pies because i tried watching uh, the first one about three times and every time i got 10 minutes in and it was just so insufferable that i had to stop that's yet you watched all three road trip movies (laughs) no it is not fair (laughs) okay i take you willingly watched all three road trip movies in the space of what two days in the space of about a week but that's besides the point uh uh, yeah okay my tolerance for sitting through trash has grown a lot since i've signed up for letterboxd and gone well i can pad out my ratings and my, my stats 
<laughs> Jack, what's your favorite uh, American Pie? Um, fuck, it's been so long since I've seen any of them, and I'm pretty sure I hate all of them. Uh, but I'll say, <laughs> I'll say Beta House. American Pie presents a National Lampoon production of Tom Clancy's Beta House. <laughs> <laughs> Beta House is such a fucking shad choice. <laughs> Fuck you. I know. I'm sorry. I, I actually hate it. Like, I hate all of them <laughs> so much. Naked Mild is obviously Okay, the best. Naked. Bandcamp's pretty... No, they're all terrible. They're all terrible. I will, I will say... They're making a direct-to-video one now. Direct-to-video? Yeah, you know, like, like the, the Another American Pie Presents one. God, what good. fucking they're year good. is it? Naked Mile, I think, is genuinely a five-star movie. I'm joking. I can't keep up. But <laughs> Naked Mile is yeah, Naked Mile that. is the best uh, American Pie for the pure for the sheer fact that it it succeeds immensely, like way more than any other American Pie succeeds in that you have the most amount of boobs on screen uh, for the longest period of time. Well, hey, the whole look, like ten-minute Naked quantity, Mile run. All right. <laughs> no, when it comes to showing boobs. Uh, quantity over quality, always. <laughs> or, I mean, I'm out of notes. Uh, I feel Do I have like, anything I else funny like to say? I feel like we could talk about this film for much longer. We didn't even the mention runtime. the fucking... I didn't even mention... We didn't even mention the fucking kid that... <laughs> fucking oh yeah, the kid that gets killed and then they ADR in, I'm okay, daddy. I love my a- favorite. Andy my, is my favorite character. I love him. I think my favorite point in the whole movie is when <laughs> when Gord comes back from LA for the first time and it was the first time we see Andy and he's running towards the car and just Hi Gord, how are you? And then he like pits his on the car. And it's not just like doink uh oh ow. Yeah, I think he's my favorite like point might be when crying. it's at the fancy restaurant. Yeah, he's going, restaurant. Can I really have a bit of cake for my birthday? <laughs> i don't know i all the other all the other ones with him i don't hit me that hard because i'm i don't know if the first one like he has all the impact for me but just how unexpected it is my favorite part with him is it is at the restaurant but it's when his dad has about the first meal and goes thank you that was yummy yeah <laughs> 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 or when fucking uh, um, Andy's like excited about cake and he goes yay and his dad really condescendingly yay. just goes yay <laughs> oh, I love the fancy restaurant scene I think Andy and his dad I mean, the fancy sweet. restaurant I think is also a pretty good metaphor for Tom Green invading the studio system uh, I also <laughs> think I know Red Letter Media touched on this so I'm trying very hard not to emulate any of their points um but i do like how many instances it gives you a very cliched moment and Mm. it pulls the rug out from under you like the whole like fancy restaurant scenes like oh we're in a fancy place we're playing that classical that fucking classical music piece that's in every fucking uh children's comedy where something wacky happens yeah. somewhere fancy and then tongue green that she just starts screaming this is up no actually fucking five different characters start screaming this is a fancy restaurant yeah um, but <laughs> yeah, also you also have the whole comes up and says excuse me sir you can't throw food this is a fancy restaurant <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or i do also like how like like you think of most uh movie 
movie versions of like tv shows and it's like oh they go to la they go to hollywood and that's literally how this movie starts it's like gord you're going to hollywood and it's like oh cool like tom green from canada is like the movie is him going to hollywood what a cliche and he's there for literally like he's he's there for what five minutes and he comes straight back <laughs> yeah. well, he was originally meant to be there for longer and spend some time with his gay uncle but uh listen <laughs> if we get into the too many more of the deleted scenes, we're gonna be here all night. I say we should probably wrap this up. I like this movie. You should go see it. Uh, yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, go see it in the cinema yeah. when they reopen. Uh, um, actually, no. Start start a petition to get this film a fucking Blu-ray release because it doesn't have one. Criterion when? I mean, I could this does see, seem like I fucking could, something Arrow would put out. I could see Arrow putting this out. I, like, I could genuinely see Criterion maybe when this film gets like Criterion put out Michael Bay's Armageddon. They could put this out. I think I don't know. I think there's a difference between Armageddon and Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah, and the Armageddon is kind of <laughs> trash, and Freddy Got Fingered actually has some interesting things you could say about it. <laughs> it's definitely. Um... It's definitely something different. It's not quite like anything else. It's ambitious, and that's that's something to be proud of. Proud. proud. Um, while we bring up Arrow, Arrow, fucking answer my emails about Harmony Korean. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so Shallow mailbag, Patreons. Patreons, mailbag. We don't have a mailbag. Whichever. <laughs> At least play the theme. <laughs> <laughs> it's for absolutely no reason. Patreons, please. Play the mailbag theme and then segue into the Patreon theme Good through idea. the mailbag I'm theme. I'm doing it a cappella. Oh, amazing. Our first patron is Adam Redmond. Our second patron is Mrs. H. Our third patron is Jack Cavanaugh. Our fourth and final patron is Andy Kinsella. Patreon.com forward slash freebeamsoundpod. That's the word free. Five dollars or more per month. Donate more, donate less. Please. That's all. Farewell. Farewell.